Genesis 26 and verse number 12. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Then Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Mark it down. There's not everybody in this community that loves Bible Baptist Church. They don't like it that you pull up and down their neighborhoods week after week and you're just shining with the glory of God and they don't understand what you're doing here. But listen, verse 15, For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father's, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. You know what they were? They were dry wells. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. I want you to read verse 18 with me. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. The Bible says in verse 18, And Isaac digged again the wells of water. I want to pray and then you can be seated. Father, we sure do thank you tonight for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that there's a God in heaven that's able to give us a drink of water from that fountain of life. I want to thank you for the church of the living God. I pray tonight, God, that well of water would spring up into eternal life for some lost sinner. I pray, oh God, that you'd give the church a drink of that water that is refreshing and reviving. Help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. Let me just say Genesis 26 is an amazing chapter. Just to give you a little outline of Genesis 26, you'll find in the first five verses Isaac's walk. And then in verses 6 to 11, you find Isaac's wife. Man, I'm telling you, that is a beautiful story right there of Isaac and his wife, how that God sent a little servant out to find a bride. I'm going to remind you, God's still in the business of finding a bride for his son. Isaac's wealth is found in verses 12 to 16. And in verses 17 to 25, the Bible begins to talk about Isaac's wells. I'm persuaded tonight, beloved, God, would have you and I to, to zero in and look at these wells. Have you ever been around an old-timey well? I mean, there's something intriguing and interesting about that well, that well that runs deep under the surface. And you can't see where that bucket goes, but I, you know there's something down there. By faith, if you'll just stay there long enough, I'm going to tell you, you can draw out water from that well. I want you to know these wells that are mentioned in the Bible, they are special. There's something special about about a whale. You know, a whale speaks of refreshment and reviving. I remember as a little boy, my grandmother would warn me about playing around that whale. And every now and then, my papa would take that big old concrete lid, take it off the mouth of that whale, and he'd say, come on, son, we're going to get us a drink of that old-timey water. And he'd let that bucket down into the depths. And I thought, man, is that bucket ever going to hit? 
I'm going somewhere tonight. Some of you are going to have to labor a little bit longer if you want a good old drink of that old-timey, old-fashioned water. Those whales speak of refreshing and reviving. You know what Isaiah said about them whales? He said, therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the whales of salvation. It sure was good to be with you this morning. Hear those whales of water begin to slosh around. And Brother Grabble, I just want to thank God. And preacher, can I just thank God for a while? Listen, we've been in quarantine long enough. You can't shut the church of the living God down, but it sure is good. Uh, you realize, Bible Baptist, one of these days we're going to gather together, we're going to sing together, we're going to pray together, we're going to weep together for our last time, uh, and uh, we're going to hear the trumpet of the Lord sound and the voice of the archangel saying, Come up hither. Uh, I want you to think about it. Have you ever been thirsty? I mean, you're just thirsty for a drink of cool water. I thought about David, Mr. Preacher. Brother, Brother Gravely, David got thirsty and he longed for that drink of water. The Bible says in 2 Samuel, and David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem. Well, I wonder tonight, church, you and I that's been quarantined, sitting behind closed doors, uh, watching ministry and worship by way of live stream, is anybody thirsty tonight? How many of you have ever been in a service where God just began pouring? pouring water on dry, barren souls. Uh, I thought about when our Lord passed through Samaria and he found a dirty and a disheveled and a defeated and a disappointed woman there drawing water. Jesus told that woman, he said, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Uh, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I mean to tell you, we live in some dry and barren times in this generation. Have you ever dreamed we'd live in a day where the whole world would be shut down by a little bitty virus? I'm going to tell you, we serve a great big God that's able to quarantine the whole world, get them thinking about this thing of death and the reality of living and dying. I want to remind you today, I believe today is, uh, maybe next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. I want to remind the church that things may be, t uh, things may be difficult and, and times may be tiring and, di and, and dry in these days, uh, but I'm going to remind you there's a God in heaven who has not forgotten us. Uh, there's a God in heaven that's coming back for us one of these soon days. Uh, and so we better gather together and pray together and lift up our eyes together because our redemption draweth nigh. I'm going to tell you the God that I serve, he is able uh, to pour water on the dry ground. And what I find in this Bible is God is famous for leading his pe uh, people into the dry places. I'm glad that God can bring water out of a rock. Can I get a witness tonight? I I want you to know if there was one problem back then that we still have today it was a lack of water. I'm talking about that spiritual water. You know what a well without water is good for? It's good for nothing. I'm convinced that the churches in our land, why they need to be a well of springing up water for those weary travelers that come in. Every church ought to be a spiritual oasis for the traveling saints and those thirsty sinners to come and get a drink of water. You know, Isaac's generation was thirsty. I can't imagine why the Philistines would stop up those wells and put dirt in those wells. But I want to remind you tonight that our generation is thirsty. And it could be the reason so many churches are drying up and dying. It's because the wells that our fathers did, dug have been closed up by the things of this world. So I want to preach just a little while, while y'all shout a while, on digging where my daddy dug. Can I get a witness right there? 
Hallelujah. Isaac said, I'm going to dig again the wells that my father dug. I want you to notice in verses 12 down to 16 the dilemma that Isaac faced. The Bible says, Then Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold. You've got to do some sowing if you're going to do some reaping, Bible Baptist. And the Lord blessed him, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great, for he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. I want you to see the dilemma that Isaac faced. The, the Philistines envied him. I want you to know the Philistines were those Old Testament bad boys. Why, they didn't like the man of God. They didn't like Isaac. They were jealous of his blessings, and all they wanted to do was drive him out of the land. Why, those Philistines, they represent those unregenerated church members that have slipped in unawares, and they're trying to drive us out of God's land in God's possessions. You see the dilemma that Isaac was facing? The dilemma was the Philistines were envious of him. But I want you to see the real dilemma in verse number 15. The wells were empty for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham. His father, the Philistines, had stopped them and filled them with the earth. I come to remind you tonight, church, we've got some wells in this generation that have been stopped up. I mean the well of revival. I'm telling you, we've been in some services in days gone by. Thank God for Jubilee. But I'm going to tell you, the God that I serve is the same God that's able to do it again. The same God that breathed in the breast of Elijah. The same God that breathed in the breast of John the Baptist. I'm going to say he's alive and well. And what we need today is to do some digging down in those wells of revival. Why those wells of rejoicing? Honey, there used to be a time when I was a little boy going to that Fullerville Baptist Church down in Villarica, Georgia. I remember old Horace Wilson get up and begin to preach. All of a sudden, somebody say, Preacher, can I say a word? They'd begin to brag on God, how been good, how good God had been to them. I want to remind you today that it's God's grace that allowed us to wake up this morning. It is God's grace that allowed us to be saved and hear the gospel. Honey, I'm telling you, we've got some wells that have been stopped up, wells of rejoicing, wells of regeneration. Honey, they didn't have Walmart to run down to the store and get them a boatload of water. And by the way, the water that I'm talking about, it don't come from Walmart. I'm telling you tonight, scattered across the horizon of the landscape of this country, not necessarily in the big fancy churches where you get a drink of this water, but I'm telling you, scattered out on little places of the landscape of America, you'll find some country churches that have been alone with God. They know about meeting and worshiping with God. Honey, I'm telling you tonight, what we need is another drink of that living water. Jesus said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I'm glad tonight to tell you that there is a God in heaven who can satisfy the very longings of your heart. There's a God in heaven that knows the very battles that you're facing. And the greatest thing the church could do tonight is go and dig a little deeper in those wells. We need to dig again where our forefathers have dug. Notice in verse number 16, And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. In North Georgia language, Abimelech said, We want you to leave. We want you to get out of here. And you say, Preacher, why didn't Isaac say, You're going to have to make me if you want me to leave? I thought about that. But I want to remind you tonight, Isaac was that same son that went up that little hill of Mount Moriah and his daddy carried him as the sacrifice. Isaac was that 
same little lad that went willingly and submissively. I want to remind you tonight, Isaac is a beautiful portrait and a painting of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Isaac said to his father, I've got the wood and the fire, but where is the lamb? I'm going to tell you, Jesus came into his own and his own received him not, but as to many of them that would receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I want to remind you of the same ugly brothers of our Lord. And they said, we don't want you and we don't need you. Aren't you glad our Savior didn't come to fight? I believe he could have rolled up his sleeves and duked it out with the best of them. But I'm glad he didn't come to fuss or fight. He came to do battle on a cross that could win the war for sin and salvation. But beloved, one of these days he's coming back not as a lamb, but he's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm telling you, he's like a lion ready to pounce on this God-forsaken world. I'm glad the God that I serve is able to do it in this generation. Can you see him? They said, go from us. I want to remind you tonight that our God is the same God that came down and he went without a fight to bloody Calvary. You see the dilemma that Isaac faced. The Philistines were envious and the wells were empty. But notice the decision that Isaac made in verse 17 down to 22. Verse 17, the Bible says, And Isaac departed. Verse 18 says, And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. Listen, I'm going to tell you that the Bible is full of men that are known for things that they did. Why, you think about Adam, he was a keeper and a tiller of the ground. You think about Noah, he was a preacher of righteousness. He is known as an ark builder. You think about Noah, the man that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He's known for being a preacher of righteousness. How would you like to have been a preacher like Noah in the day that he lived? Can't you see Noah standing up like John Morgan saying it's going to rain and refuge is critical and repentance is necessary? And they laughed at old Noah and said, you're nuts, it ain't never rained. I'm going to tell you there are people that are mocking our God saying, yeah, Jesus ain't coming back. He left us and he's dead. But I'm telling you, you just look at the chess pieces of Bible prophecy. They're coming together. When you think about the millennial temple that's about to be rebuilt, uh, how the blueprints are already laid. They found the cornerstone. There's a red heifer that's already been born. She's been set aside and those temple priests are already coming together. And I was studying in my Bible that them two preachers that are coming back, I believe oh, uh, 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 Elijah and Moses are coming back and I believe one of them is going to be the one to reinstate them temple priests. Uh, and I'm going to tell you everything's coming together. Beloved, we're living on the edge of the rapture and the tribulation and you and I ought to be the most excited group this side of heaven. Uh, why things are not getting worse for the child of God. Uh, I'm going to tell you the best is yet to come for the children of God. Uh, we're seeing all these things in, in being put in place and the stage is being set. I want to remind you the Lord is coming soon. The decision that Isaac made. Uh, you see Noah is remembered as an ark builder, a preacher of righteousness. Abraham is remembered as the man who searched for a city whose builder and maker is God. Uh, I want you to know Abraham built altars and Abraham lived in tents uh, and he looked for a city. It's a picture of the child of God uh, who's traveling through a dry and a barren land looking for that city whose builder and maker is God. Uh, then you think about little Isaac. He's remembered as a well digger. Praise God for those men 
men that have labored in prayer, that man that got up this morning and testified. Uh, there's been times that he's told me, Brother Haney, I'm praying for you. You talk about a man of God that can pray. There's some people that pray for me. And they said, Preacher, what has happened to you? You're going to see that God meant it for good. Don't you get bitter and don't you get down. Honey, I know there's a God in heaven. I know that he lives inside of me. You want to know how? Because those men that turned on me, I've wept over them, but I love them. Why, if they come crawling up to me or dancing up to me, I'd hug their neck and I'd love them. Why? Because Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his brethren. And by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Well, Noah was remembered as a preacher of righteousness. Abraham, that man that searched for a city whose builder and maker of God is God. Isaac was known as a well digger. What are you going to be remembered as? Thank God we've got a preacher right here. Thank God we've got a church that lives right that is, that is seeking the blessings of God. Isaac made a decision to return to the old wells. You know what Isaac did? He said, man, things are dry and things are desperate and things are disappointing. Really, we only got one or two decisions. We can go try to find something new we can go back to the old ways. Amen. I'm glad you don't have to go to the new campuses of Bethel or Dan, but you can go to the old house of God and find there's power, there's provision, there is things that, it, that only can be found in the old time way. Isaac returned to the old wells. Can't you see Isaac? He returned to the place where he got a drink of water as a kid growing up under his daddy Abraham. I want to say thank God, youngins, for a mom and a daddy to carry us to camp meeting, carry us to jubilee, carry us to revival. Honey, I'm telling you, I love to go on vacation and enjoy the mountains and go stand on the sunny seashore, but there is something wonderful about my little family pulling up in a deserted place of the mountains with a little uh, brush arbor or a tent or, a, or some kind of campground out there with some men of God that'll preach uh, and some thunder that'll roll across the hills of glory. Abraham, Isaac made a decision to return to the old wells. Uh, I can hear one of Isaac's boys saying, Daddy, what are we going to do? Uh, man, things sure are dry and they don't want us in here. What are we going to do for water? And I can see Isaac saying, Boys, did I ever tell you about the time that my old-fashioned daddy and my old-fashioned mama, and they took us down to camp meeting and dug some wells uh, and we sat under the fountain where the glory came out? I tell you what we're going to do. We're going back to the place where we found the glory of God. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, they trusted God. They prayed and they dug a well of water out of the middle of nowhere and some of the best water that you ever tasted. I want you to see these old wells. Uh, they represented wells of surrender. Now you can't dig a well just by mashing a button back then. Uh, listen, you had to have some blood, sweat and tears. Uh, I found myself late at night when I get done praying turning on that old western channel uh, I have to confess my sins. I like the Virginian. Amen. I should have been grown up in them old western days. Praise God. Put a six shooter on. Uh, give me a horse. Uh, and man, let me ride out on the range. Give me a little church out on the back of nowhere uh, when times were simpler. But listen, those whales represented whales of surrender. I want to remind you tonight that it's going to take surrender and sacrifice if you're going to see the power and the glory of God. Uh, Abraham had access to water back then in the Ur of the Chaldees. But when he stepped out in faith, uh, he 
knew that if he was going to see some more water, he was going to have to put some surrender in and sacrifice uh, and sweat and labor. Those wells represented surrender and sacrifice. Uh, every well came at a cost. Somebody sacrificed uh, in order for you and I to have what we have today. Thank God for those old-time men of God. Uh, I'm talking about Billy Sunday, B.R. Lincoln, uh, Mays Jackson, uh, some of the modern-day men like Joe Arthur and Brother Ricky Gravely. Son, I'm telling you, there are men that have prayed and they've dug a well. And they broke through to the glory world and God has given us a drink of that living water. And listen, I'm going to tell you, you just call the roll call of faith and every one of them will tell you, if you're going to see the glory of God, you've got to pray. You've got to get in that secret place. There needs to be a revival of prayer. If the church wants to see the glory of God in the last days, honey, we need to close everything down and come to the altar and begin to pray and dig a well of living water in this generation. Why, this generation's thirsty. They're looking for a vaccination. They need a vaccine. They're looking for a cure. And you and I have the cure. It's the water of living life. Why, I went into Home Depot the other day. Most of them had masks on. Looked like a bunch of bank robbers. Here I am walking around just happy as a lark. No mask on thinking, you want to give me the coronavirus? You can't threaten me with heaven. Buddy, I'm telling you, this world is in a mess. They're wringing their hands. They need a vaccine. You and I hold the answer to what they need, and they need Jesus. Amen. Not another vaccine. If we're going to see revival, we're going to have to return to the well of prayer. Amen. You're going to have to see that if we're going to see the blessings and glory of God, uh, I've been praying for some things recently. Your pastor's been praying for some things recently. And I'm telling you, the God that we pray to, He is the one that ables, that is able to hear us and answer us in our prayers. Uh, I'm telling you tonight, God is calling the church, I believe, to a revival of prayer. I, I heard about a man by the name name of Jim Ford. He was the meanest man in town. He was a town drunk. I mean, nobody messed with Jim Ford. Nobody could witness to Jim Ford, but he had a praying wife. Old Sister Ford went to a cottage prayer meeting. When's the last time this church called a cottage prayer meeting? And they said, we've got a lot of good singing. We've got a lot of good preaching, but we need God on the scene. I'm going to tell you, don't you take for granted. Ken Bowman said, preacher, our church is just like that church up there in the in the mountains of North Georgia. He's talking about this one. We know that God shows up when we show up and we know that God is blessing us uh, but we take for granted God's always going to be there and all it takes is one little sin. All it takes is one little disunity. All it takes is us to get prideful and boastful and just like them little frogs in my backyard they'll begin to puff up and make some noise uh, and they'll find out you ain't got God in a million miles of this place. Uh, well little, little sister for went into that cottage prayer meeting on Saturday night and they got to praying and all of a sudden Sister Ford was a big lady. She got to crawling down in that altar saying, Oh God, uh, save Jim. Don't let Jim die and go to hell. Uh, I want to remind you tonight there's a real hell that is burning under the middle, under the, under, in the center of this earth. I'm telling you where the lava and the fire of, of God and the, and the judgment of God is burning. Uh, and she began to pray, Oh God, please save Jim. 
him. Don't let him die and go to hell. Oh God, if I've ever needed you, I need you tonight. And she began to pray and guess who showed up at church on Sunday night? This was Saturday night and she's praying and getting desperate with God. Sunday night her preacher was in the pulpit, that little country preacher. He was preaching on hell and about point number two, old Jim stood up in the back and said, Preacher, I'm lost. Preacher, I'm on my way to hell. What do I do, preacher? Somebody help me. And that little country preacher said, Jim Ford, you get out in this altar and you get right with God. You confess your sins and you stay there until God saves you. I'm telling you, Jim Ford made his way down the altar. Sister Ford, that big lady began dancing around the church, giving a holy shout. I want to tell you, you know what Sister Ford did? She dug a well of salvation for her lost husband. How many of you know somebody out there tonight that's lost and undone? Why we ought to find us a place in these altars and begin to pray. Thank God for the visitation that God gives us on a Sunday after Sunday. But we're not interested in going back to business as usual after this quarantine. We need to see God in all of His grace and God in all of His glory. I believe the best is yet to come for the child of God who will step across that great divide and say, Lord, I'm presenting myself a living sacrifice. God, we want to see your glory in the church house. Can you imagine the disciples? Man, they didn't pass out bulletins. Uh, uh, they didn't excited about the order of service. Uh, I believe they said, come in and let's sit quietly before the Lord. Uh, we're going to wait on the Spirit of God. Uh, and the Spirit of God would touch somebody to stand up and pray. Uh, maybe another one would begin to sing, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer. And all of a sudden, the floodgates of glory and the Spirit of God begin to move. Uh, I remember as a little boy sitting there in the Fullerville Baptist Church, Brother Grab. I'd watch that old preacher, Horace Wilson. He's one of them, ha one of them hacker preachers. He'd get up there and had a pitcher of water, I mean a pitcher and had a glass uh, and he'd get to drinking that water and he'd set it down and, and he'd stammer around and he'd pour him another glass of water and I said, Mama, what's he doing? Uh, she said, he's a stalling. He's a waiting on God. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, we know how to start off. We know how to take off. Uh, wouldn't it be something if we had waited on God and let the anointing fall on us? Uh, let that touch from another world. Uh, let that fresh anointing come upon us. Uh, have you ever been in the service when I'm telling you the glory of God just bursted through. I mean the spirit feeling come blowing in from another world and that youth choir began to sing with a new touch and that preacher began to preach with a fresh anointing and there was an, there was an awesomeness that went across that congregation as the holiness of God spread his skirt upon the congregation and we knew that we were seated together in heavenly places for the holiness of God had run out every ounce of pride in that sanctuary. You see what Sister Ford did? She knocked a hole in heaven. She knocked a hole in the corridors of God's world and saw a well of salvation. For years, church, I used to go to camp meeting. Before I ever heard about Bible Baptist and Ricky Gravely, I went down to that church down there, uh, Brother Doug Bearden's church. Did you hear about his wife? Went to be with the Lord the other day. Listen, we'd go down there, and I'm telling you, it was like homecoming and jubilee. Wrapped all together, shook up in a bag. And man, I 
finally one year I got down there early. I said, I got to see what it is that gets this crowd so cranked up. And I got there early sitting in my car and there come Brother Doug and some of them men of God, uh, Ken Bowman and them walking out in the backfield. Uh, I joined them and they said, now men, uh, we've gathered here to meet with God uh, and unless we pray and get our hearts right, uh, unless we pray and beg God to get on the scene, this will be another dead dry meeting uh, and we don't need that. We need God. Uh, and I remember we had hold hands in the biggest prayer circle. Uh, is it any wonder we've lost some things in this generation? Uh, we want to pray for five minutes before the service, uh, but I want you to know an hour before that service cranked out, we began to pray and all of a sudden God began to move inside of that prayer circle. I've been up at the Taylorsville camp meeting where your preachers preached uh, and I'm telling you, Brother Dagenhart, gather us men of God out there behind them old trees uh, and we begin to pray and the Spirit of God would fill those men. I was in Alexandria, Egypt one time for a Bible conference. Brother Lazarus McHale said, fellas, I thank you for coming this way. I thank you for every fundraiser, every sacrifice and the plane ticket you got over here. But I want you to know these people that have been converted out of Islam, they need to see a man that's been anointed and filled and touched by the Spirit of God. We can't do it on our own. We must go to the Lord in prayer. And I remember we got on our knees and we began to pray in that third world country. And listen, I'm telling you, all of a sudden God began to move. I'm talking about the supernatural quickening power of God. He quickened us. And I want you to know we went into that little block building and all of a sudden the music picked up and, and the singing hit a new note. And I mean heaven came down. They called on me to preach and I said, listen, you got God walking in the house out here in here and our kids are playing out in the courtyard. They had a half a blown up soccer ball and I mean they were out there missing out. I said, we're not going a step further. You'll talk about this service till the, till the cows come home and your kids missed it. They need to be in here. And that choir sang another song and those ladies began to play and all of a sudden those kids started coming in and they was leaning over the, the, the outside railing and I mean God did a supernatural work. Some of them kids were falling over that little outside railing and coming down, weeping their way as a supernatural. Holy God began to do work in the household of faith. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Listen, I want you to know at one of them camp meetings, we was at that morning service and a senior choir came in. I know it's time to land this plane. That senior plane, uh, senior choir came in. It looked like every one of them had just checked out of the nursing home. You know what I'm talking about? Every one of them had yellow t-shirts on and they were called the Sunshine Gang. S-O-N, Sunshine Gang. And man, they began to sing some glad morning win this light and I mean all of a sudden it just got on and I mean they got to shout and I'm talking about the seniors praise God it got on and got glorious and all of a sudden we we're a shouting and all of a sudden that piano stopped playing and everybody looked over there and she wasn't there she done fell in the floor giving God the glory saying God if it hadn't been for you I'd have died and gone to hell God if it hadn't been for your grace and your glory I wouldn't be here today and I'm telling you God fell on 
that crowd. You know why? Because somebody prayed. Somebody dug a well of salvation and regeneration in our days. Notice what the Bible says in Isaac. He dug the dirt out of the old wells and he called them by the same name his father called them. He said, Daddy called this well Sunday school. We're going to keep calling it Sunday school. He said, Daddy called this old well soul winning and revival and we're going to keep calling it soul winning and revival. Listen, Isaac made a decision. You see his dilemma, his decision, he returned to the old wells. I want to close with this. My pastor, I love Brother Garland Odom. He was preaching in Atlanta, Georgia, and a country boy by the name of Bob Tyson had just gotten saved. You ever heard of Bob Tyson? Had just gotten saved, and he drove to Atlanta, Georgia to hear his preacher preach. But that night, when old Bob Tyson got to that little church in Cabbage Town, Atlanta, Georgia, there was a missionary by the name of Frank Rosser that mounted the pulpit. And uh, Bob Tyson said he had never heard about a city uh, or a a place in the world that it didn't have enough pre uh, churches and not one gospel preacher. He thought to himself is there really a place in the world that doesn't have one gospel preacher and he told about before he left people come dragging up boards uh, dragging up sticks and wood and said preacher build us a church. Uh, we need a church and he said I'm old uh, and I'm worn out but I'm going back to America to pray God send somebody else back and, uh, and he said you could be the man that God is calling to go back to Honduras. That night, Bob Tyson surrendered, gave his heart to the Lord. He went back home to Villarica, Georgia. He told Joan Tyson, said, I don't know what happened tonight, but God has ordered us that we're to sell everything and we're to move to somewhere I can't even spell. And he got a globe out and found it down in Central America, Honduras. Uh, he said, that's where God's calling us, honey. And she said, are you sure about it? She, he said, yes, ma'am. Uh, they sold everything, went down there to the Kusagapi and uh, landed that little plane they went with no support knowing that God had called them and after a while they won boys and women and men to the Lord started a little Bible school and one day they showed up and the city had turned the water off said you're using too much water Bob Tyson thought Lord what are we going to do now we got to have water they'll shut the school down and Bob heard about an old well digger and without any money he contracted that old well digger and that well digger said, Sir, we'll have you water in about 100 feet. It'll cost you so much money. He says, Well, I'll get it in somehow. Dig 100 feet. They dug 100 feet, no water. Dig, dug 200 feet, no water. Dug 300 feet, no water. And that well digger said, Sir, I don't understand. We've struck red dirt. And usually when we find that, that's a sign there ain't no water to be found. What do you want me to do? You done spent a lot of money. And Bob Tyson said, well, it's time to pray. He said, you come back tomorrow. I'm going to pray. I don't know what else to do, but I believe God told me to dig a well. And he said three times that night as he tossed and he swam on his bed, uh, he said he heard a voice saying 20 more feet, just 20 more feet. And he got there to the work site and that well digger was standing there and said, what would you like me to do? He said, I don't understand it, but I just want you to dig 20 more feet. That well digger cranked up that drill and it, dr it drilled down 20 more feet. And guess what? No water. 
He said, Mr. Tyson, I don't understand it, but you say God told you to dig a well and you've spent an awful lot of money. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put some pipe down in the ground and I'm going to cap it off as if it's a real running well. And uh, maybe you can just hope for a miracle. Well, Bob Tyson went home scratching his head saying, Lord, I know that you told me to do this. Uh, he said the next morning when him and Joan rode in their little buggy and horse up the river, up the road there, said people was talking about how the road had washed out. By the time they got up there where the school was, uh, all of a sudden that dry well had struck a living, a running water and water was going everywhere and washed the road out. Listen, I'm going to tell you if you'll just dig a little deeper in prayer, if you'll dig a little longer in prayer, if you'll dig where your daddy's dug, uh, I'm going to tell you you'll see revival spring up even in this place. Would you stand to your feet with your heads bowed as our pastor is coming? Listen, what is it you need tonight? Do you need to just dig a little deeper in prayer? Are you disappointed? Are you facing fear? Is there a time of trial and circumstances in your life? Why don't you just dig a little deeper in prayer? Isaac said, it's dry. The only thing I know to do is I've got to dig where my daddy dug while the pastor comes. Thank you, preacher.